0: What's up, everybody? Good morning. Glad to see you on this Wednesday. It's already Wednesday. Wow. Week's going by pretty quick, I think, as it uh, as it turns out. We've got Army-Navy this weekend, by the way. So the regular season of college football is still not over quite yet. You can hang on to one more game. Hold it tightly because it's almost over. And uh, we've got oh, a very short break until bowl games after that one anyway. We're nine days away until the first bowl game. But, again, we got Army-Navy this weekend, which is the best of the group. My name is Michael Bork. We got a lot to talk about this morning. First of all, the uh, worst kept secret ever because everybody that has covered both programs has told you and it does in a dozen different ways that Ole Miss offensive coordinator Jeff Levy is going to Oklahoma. But, you know, it was reported again last night that it's a done deal or whatever. But since I last spoke to you, it's been uh, put out there that there's a chance he coaches in the Sugar Bowl. Now, that's interesting to me. And uh, since I didn't get to talk about that with you yesterday, but in a news cycle, the way things work now, it feels like it's old news, although it's not even a full day old yet. Um. Anyway, it feels like it's it's old news, but I'm going to talk about it with you anyway, because I, I think it's honestly, uh, I think it's pretty cool if it actually does go down. So we'll talk about that. Replacements for them, I, I don't know. I have an idea, though, and I'm going to propose that to you guys. And then most importantly, most importantly, some things that uh, Dabo Sweeney said quotes came out I saw them uh, uh from Grace Rayner, who who covers Clemson for the athletic that's where I uh um that's where I saw it first and uh yeah so we're we're going to talk about that and I've got a Clemson fan that's uh, mad in my mentions right now uh he's he's very upset so we're going to talk about it because Dabo is a hypocrite. It's been exposed multiple times and today we're going to talk about it again because he said college football is not in a good place and I think he could not be further from accurate in that statement. Could not be further from accurate uh, in that statement. Let's talk about it. Anyway, uh, if you're on Twitter, by the way, you cannot comment. I would love for you to be a part of this thing, like uh, some of the regulars are anyway. So hop on over to YouTube. Find me on YouTube, Michael Borky. On YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, also follow on Twitter and Facebook if you're a Facebook user and wherever you get your podcast Mike in the morning where my name should turn up results. All right, Jeff Lebby officially gone? No, not yet. Not officially gone. Maybe one day it will be official. Maybe we'll get that announcement. By the end of the year 2021, I don't know what Oklahoma is uh, is sitting on here. I don't know. I have an idea, actually. I have a theory for why this is taking so long. Uh, I really am kind of baffled by this. I mean, you've got people talking about how this deal was done like last week. So what are they waiting for? I, I, I mean, it's crazy how long people have had to kind of dance around this. You know, it's. You've got one site that covers Ole Miss that's putting out some candidates, as they should, by the way. I'm, I am not mocking that. They should because that's what I would do if I were in the written content business. I would have a candidate list out there. But the guy hasn't been announced as the, <laughs> the coordinator of Oklahoma yet. So I don't know what is uh, is going on here. But either way, uh, it's happening. It is happening. I mean, you, you Depending on who you believe, they're all saying the same thing, but for different reasons. On the Oklahoma side, they're saying it's done, and you got another blue check mark saying it was done last night. You've got reports that uh, he's actually already told uh, Ole Miss players that it's happening, but none of that is surprising, right? We all knew this was coming. We've known this was coming for days. We've been talking about it for days. The next layer to it, though, uh, what makes this story still interesting today, in my opinion, if you're a state fan, I'm sure you're probably sick of hearing about. Ole Miss and the offensive coordinator and for that I'm sorry but it's the it's the story right now it's just it's the story here right now so I'm sorry about that we had somebody texting the radio show yesterday saying I'm sick of hearing about Ole Miss I understand but they're the ones making the news right now you know there's there's not much Mississippi State news which isn't a bad thing by the way I mean you lost your inside wide receivers coach but other than that it's kind of you know all good Mike Leach is going to get a contract extension I'm assume at some point and so when that goes down we'll talk about it but there's very little drama right now in Starkville there's some drama if you will uh in Oxford I don't know if drama is the right word because it's mostly been good but you guys get my point so forgive me for talking about just Ole Miss for the last few days but it's kind of what the story's been either way we've known that Jeff Lebby's going to be gone we've known that for a few days now The interesting layer to this that that I find kind of fascinating, and I think honestly is really cool, is uh, the the thought, the idea that he could possibly be coaching in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, I saw this first, uh, actually a friend texted me yesterday asking if what Neil and Chase talked about on their show, which they do at the exact same time as this one, although for much longer and a much larger audience, um, self-deprecation. I got to stop doing that. People keep telling me that, but. Uh, it was asking me if it was true, and so I had to go back and listen to what they said. And basically, they weren't reporting it as fact, but they were talking about the idea, and apparently they were hearing that Jeff Levy might be coaching, be the offensive coordinator for Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. So we'll move to Oklahoma or whatever, uh, take that job. That's already happened, but still be the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss uh, for the Sugar Bowl. And what the reaction to that is mostly we brought it up on the radio show yesterday, mostly positive and from Ole Miss fans thinking that it's a good idea and they like it and stuff like that. Mostly positive. But I do find it fascinating because this isn't like Dan Mullen as the OC at Florida, leaving to be the head coach at at Mississippi State. And Florida was playing for a national championship. Remember, this was not the Sugar Bowl. It does change things a a little bit, and also he was taking a position up, a step up. Mississippi State head coach, obviously greater than offensive coordinator at Florida. He's just going from OC to OC, and a program that's going to be a conference rival two, three years from now. I mean, whenever that goes down, it won't be next year, but it will be kind of soon. They'll be in your conference. Uh John Summerall, uh, who just took the Troy job, he was at Kentucky, He's gonna coach in Kentucky's bowl game. so this isn't entirely like unfounded. This is an unprecedented territory, but uh it's not something you see all that often. It's more likely that in this situation, Jeff Levy would just leave for Oklahoma and Ole Miss would deal with deal with it afterwards. But uh, um, Neil and Chase were talking about it as if that's something that is a possibility. And so maybe, maybe. That's what the hang up is. I, I don't again, I don't know. I've asked, I don't know what the hang up is. Uh maybe that's what the hang up is, though. They're trying to figure out how to do this to where he can be employed by Oklahoma and recruit for Oklahoma, but which a dead period is coming up soon anyway. So there's very little recruiting he can actually do. He can call and DM, but no visits, so whatever. Um maybe that's the hang up is how they can figure out how he can do that and still coach at Ole Miss and talk to Oklahoma recruits. I imagine there's some NCAA stuff that they have to, you know, figure out to make sure they're not breaking any rules by doing it this way. That's my guess. I don't know for sure. But that that's my guess for why this is happening or why it's taking so long to be announced anyway, because they're trying to figure out how to get him to be able to coach in the Sugar Bowl. That's my it, it's just a, a theory, I suppose. Chris, you're right. Yeah, Dabo, the moral compass of college football. Yeah, that's that's the guy that we really should be listening to in terms of the current health. Of college football. Well, I'll tell you what he said here in a little bit and, and give my reaction because I think he's so wrong. But anyway, Miles says, I can't shake the thought that every day Levy is still officially at Ole Miss. The more and more likely he's staying. If he's coaching the Sugar Bowl, he's staying. See, I I disagree with that last part. I think, I think he's gone, man. Uh, unless there's a hang-up on the Oklahoma side that we're not aware of yet, uh, whether it be... Uh, a background check or whatever, or or they're not comfortable with his time into Baylor or things like that. I don't know. But um, apparently he has told Ole Miss players that he is leaving. So uh, unless something has changed, I don't know what it could be. I think it's more of a unique situation as opposed to it's not happening. I I could be wrong, man. I mean, every day that this doesn't get announced, it makes it a little more bizarre because the dead period does start soon. It's like in less than 10 days. It's like in a week when the dead period begins. Um, So you would think if you were Oklahoma and the deal was done, you would want to get it done done so you can go on some in-homes with your recruits before the dead period begins. I, I, I don't know. But either way, um, if it does go down just like that, if when he leaves for Oklahoma, whenever that officially gets announced and he does and they work it out where he does coach in the Sugar Bowl, honestly, I think that's pretty cool for a few reasons. Um, first of all, I think it's just kind of a classy move on, on for, for everybody, for this to happen, that would require Lane Kiffin's desire and approval, right? If he didn't want this to happen, it wouldn't happen. If he was, if he felt slighted by Lebby, this wouldn't happen. If he wanted him gone, it wouldn't happen. This is something that would be exclusively Lane Kiffin's call, right? So I think it's cool from his perspective, wanting a guy that's leaving his program to finish it out. I think it's cool from Jeff Lebby's perspective, hey, I got this new job, but I got to see this through. I I like that. I think we don't have enough of that in college football. Just like John Summerall's his comments about coaching in Kentucky's bowl game, he said, 10 games is important to me. These players and finishing this season is important to me, and I want to see this through. I made a commitment to that team for this season, and the season's not over, so I'm going to coach in that bowl game, and I will get to my next team when that's over. I think that's classy. I think that's We don't have enough of that in college football in a sport where Brian Kelly left a team that was possibly going to be selected in the playoff the way he did or the way Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma the day after uh, they played in Bedlam against their rival where the deal was clearly being worked on before that game. And he just pieces out. I understand how the business works. I know that Brian Kelly being at Notre Dame still to coach in their bowl game logistically would probably be a nightmare. However, sometimes this kind of stuff can happen, and I think it's cool. I think it's cool that Kiffin would want this to happen if it does actually happen. It may not. I don't know. But if it does happen, I think it's cool that Kiffin would want it to happen. I think it's cool that Levy would be willing to do it. And most importantly, I think this is cool for the players, specifically a quarterback that is poised to get life altering money for his grandkids uh, if he gets drafted in the first round, which seems to be expected. So Matt Corral gets one more audition for NFL scouts against a great defense in Baylor, a high-profile game, a top-10 team he's playing. You assume after a few weeks off he'll be the healthiest he's been in a long time. His receivers will be the healthiest they've been in a long time. He gets to put on a show, and now that everything – if this goes down, will be the same. That's great for him. So no adjustments. Everything will be exactly what it's been all season for him, and I think that's really good for him for his final audition in um, in college football. So I-, I like this. I've seen some fans. Uh, we had somebody on the text line yesterday say that he was a traitor. I don't think he's a traitor, especially when it's his alma mater. You know, it's where he went to school. It's also just a job for these guys. He's not a traitor. He's just a guy doing what a lot of us would do. If we felt like a better opportunity was presented to us, we, we'd go take it probably. That's what he's doing here. Uh, so no, he's not a traitor or, or anything like that. And I think the fact that all parties would be willing to do this speaks a lot about their relationships with each other and and all that. So no, I think it's the opposite. But I think it's a really cool thing if it does actually go down. And uh, also you can imagine... Considering who his father in law is, he's gonna be pretty motivated to beat Baylor. I think he's gonna be pretty motivated <laughs> to beat Baylor, considering who his father in law is. And one more thing. I said this on a podcast yesterday, but you guys, you know, don't listen to everything that I do. There is there are some influential people there at Ole Miss that really love Jeff Levy that think that he should be, after Lane leaves, whenever that may be, the next head coach at Ole Miss. So if you're Jeff and you know that Lane could leave soon, it could happen, those people it, it, in an SEC West job, in a place that apparently he, he very much really likes, apparently really likes the Ole Miss job and likes being in Oxford and all that, has loved his two years there or whatever, Um, going out like this would continue to build capital for the influential people when that job comes open. I think there there might be a little of that here as well if if this actually goes down. So anyway, if you're one of those few people that actually doesn't like this, uh, I, I would encourage you to feel like it differently because I promise you the players want it to happen. I promise you Matt Corral wants it to happen. It's going to give your team the best chance to win the game. And he won't be distracted by Oklahoma. They usually make their game plans in three days. He's got three weeks. It'll be fine. Uh, it, it'll be just fine. A dead period's coming in recruiting. He won't have that much, you know, recruiting to actually do for Oklahoma. Very few, if any, crossover uh, prospects anyway I mean it might just be Dylan Gabriel but otherwise I don't unless I'm missing something I don't think Ole Miss and Oklahoma are going after the same prospect I can't think of one I'm not tied into recruiting but I can't think of one where they're going to be butting heads in terms of the two programs for the same recruit so I don't think there's much of a conflict of interest there I think it's just seeing it through and it's what's best for Corral and if Lane didn't want this to happen it wouldn't happen if it does. So clearly he's okay with it. And I think it's classy. In a sport that's lacking it in many different levels, at least this particular move, I think it's a classy one for whatever that's worth. Miles says Scott Frost at UCF was the ultimate show of that. Absolutely. Uh, Billy Napier, Joseph says hats off to Napier and Lebby for staying until the bowl game is finished. They're doing it right or doing it the right way. Uh, well, Napier is actually not coaching in the bowl game. As I understand it, uh, their new coach, who was already on staff, is going to take over, but he stayed for the conference championship game. Um, He even apparently, reportedly told Scott Strickland, I'm not taking this job unless you let me coach in the conference championship. So, yeah, I like that. I really like that. Um, Scott Frost especially. That was really cool of him. I'm going to leave. Once this is over, and if you disagree with that, hire somebody else. I like that move. Not enough of stuff like this happens in college football. But, of course, as I'd imagine, a lot of it has to be getting out from under Kiffin's shadow. Absolutely. Uh, with the new head coach at Oklahoma being, a defensive, uh, being defensive focused, it will without question be Levy's offense. No doubt. I think we talked about, or I talked about this yesterday with you guys. Uh, whether it's fair or not. When Ole Miss does something good offensively, who gets the credit? Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's offense. Lane this, Lane that, Lane and Matt Corral. Lane threw his play sheet in the air. It's all about Kiffin. It won't be that way at Oklahoma. Plus, it's all plus it's his alma mater. I also think there's more money involved. It's a decision that makes sense. It, it does. So, you know, I, I keep hearing people call it a lateral move. And, and, you know, maybe you can argue that. But for him personally, this... Is an upgrade for a few different reasons, and um, we'll see. Gary asking who the candidates are. He, here's the thing about that: I don't think we know. I don't think anybody knows. I mean, Kiffin's only been here for two years, and uh, that's not a great sample size, right? I, I, you know, I didn't follow his FAU program closely, but in the two years he's been here. When he was hiring his initial staff or he's had a couple of positions open up on his staff. You didn't know where he was going to go. Very few things actually leak out of his program anyway, but he has made his staff hires kind of out of left field. Like I could sit here and say, oh, a candidate would be Graham Harrell. And maybe Graham Harrell is, but Graham Harrell's an air raid guy. That is not what Kiffin wants to do at all. But would Graham Harrell be an offensive coordinator in name only for recruiting and quarterback development and Kiffin would run the offense now? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts. I would venture to guess that the hire is a little surprising. Like the obvious, again, it's Kendall Bryles, it's Graham Harrell, and and maybe he is able to poach Kendall Bryles from Arkansas. I have a feeling that would be his first phone call. And maybe Kendall says no, but – I think it's going to come out of left field. If I were him, I would inquire about Willie Korn, the offensive coordinator at uh, Coastal Carolina. If you haven't watched them play, just YouTube some of their highlights. That is the most fun offense in college football. I would give him a look if I were Lane Kiffin. Uh, But I have a feeling the candidate list that people are putting out there is, which all of these are, and again, I'm not making fun. If I were in their position, I'd do the same thing. It's all guesswork. Because I don't think anybody really knows where where Lane's going to turn. I don't think it's going to happen fast. I think it's going to take his time. Because at this point, you know, the dead period happens soon. Uh, so are you really going to get a massive recruiting bump by hiring an OC in two days? As opposed to taking your time and getting the hire right. So I, I don't think he's in any kind of a hurry. But the candidate list that you see, I wouldn't be surprised if the answer is not on him. Because that's what... You've seen before precedent tells you it's going to come out of left field, but my phone call will go to Willie corn and I would figure out how much of that offense is his, because if that's him, that is the most fun offense in college football at coastal Carolina. I promise YouTube, some of their highlights, the creativity, the different looks that they give, they'd run triple option passing looks out of the shotgun. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. And you know, that, that's who I would call. But anyway, All right, let's turn the page. I I am exhausted by people like Dabo Sweeney. He exhausts me, honestly. A $9 million football coach. Remember, not too terribly long ago, Dabo said that if players started getting paid, he would find something else to do because there's too much entitlement in the world as it is. Yes, that's a multi-million dollar football coach talking about entitlement for people that at the time did not get paid the way he did or anywhere remotely close. And then when the time comes and players do start getting a little bit of NIL money, he talks about getting taken out of context or whatever. I'm exhausted by people like that, where you're making $9 million and you cry foul about players getting a few thousand. Give me a break. Give me a break, you hypocrite. But we got the next layer of Dabo Sweeney talking about college football. Here's what he said. Here's a quote. He was asked about if college football is in a good place right now, especially with the money going around, and here's what he said. Uh, No, college football is not in a good place for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of change going on, and I think some unintended consequences with that. End of the day, we'll figure it out as we all move forward for sure. There's a lot of things in college football right now that I think we'll look back in four or five years from now, and hopefully things will settle down a little bit. This is the guy, first of all, he's making $9 million a year, and this is the guy who was quarterback, who had started two games in his life, got a deal with Dr. Pepper, doing national commercials with Dr. Pepper talking about unintended consequences here's why dabo sweeney is saying stuff like this because they went nine and three this year and his team wasn't very good dabo sweeney is saying this because they scored three points against georgia he's saying this because they lost to nc state and they lost to pittsburgh and didn't go to the acc championship and they're having a little bit of trouble with nil deals it's like you know despite dj uyangalule getting big money From Dr. Pepper, he's seeing things like that happen at Texas and is crying foul about that. That's what's going on here. This is spoken by somebody who lost three games this year and was non-competitive in the ACC. That's what this is. This is a guy that lost to NC State in Pittsburgh complaining about the state of college football because he's losing his defensive coordinator now. He might lose his offensive coordinator. We'll see if that materializes. His dominance is slipping. That's what's happening here. That's where this is coming from. He's seeing the landscape change, and somebody that reaped the rewards of the previous model where kids couldn't get anything is now seeing the landscape changing, and he's crying foul about it. Instead of adapting, he said he would. But instead of adapting, he's complaining. This is just only from a position of we got beat by teams that we usually beat this year, and I'm mad about it. Because when you look at this season, you guys tell me if I'm wrong with this, but when I look at this season and what is going on currently in college football, this was the best season that I can remember. This was the most fun I've had in a college football season in a long time, because while Georgia was dominant, we saw that they kind of weren't at the end of the day. It felt like we had true parody. It felt like in college football this year, we had more teams that could win the thing than ever before. Every weekend had impactful games that were not just Georgia games, that were not just Alabama games. Michigan beat Ohio State for the first time in a long time. Cincinnati made the playoff. Texas A&M beat Alabama. This was the most fun I've had watching college football in a long time. It felt like, to me, we had more great teams than we've had in a long time. More teams that could win than we've had in a in a long time, we had balance. We had upsets. We had parity. We've got teams making the playoff that have never made it before in Michigan, in Cincinnati, an AAC team made the playoff. This season has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. But that's a that's a subjective opinion. You may not share it. You may think the season stunk if you lost to Pittsburgh and NC State. But for me, and the ratings reflect it, more people were engaged in college football than they've ever been The popularity is at an extreme high. The balance is there. It was there all season. And we had a playoff that was unpredictable until the final weekend of the season, which hasn't really happened before. We had four conference championship games that mattered last Saturday. This was a great season. It was a balanced season. But more importantly, and this is not subjective, this is objective, middle-tier programs now finally are able to keep their coaches. Michigan State's a middle-tier program. They're keeping Mel Tucker with a crazy big contract. James Franklin staying at Penn State. Crazy big contract. Penn State's not an upper-tier program. It's a middle-tier program. Dave Aranda got a big contract from Baylor. Dave Clawson staying at Wake Forest. Mark Stoops staying at Kentucky. Lane Kiffin is just signed an extension with Ole Miss. Middle-tier programs are now able to pay and are keeping great coaches. Kentucky is doing great things in the NIL deal, or in the NIL landscape. They're getting good players. Ole Miss is getting good players. Baylor's getting good players, and they're keeping their really good coaches. And the transfer portal, by the way, as we've talked about a good bit on here, is benefiting middle-tier programs as well. Yes, Alabama got Henry 2020, and... Texas is going to get Quinn Ewers, and those programs are still going to get players. But look at Mississippi State's offense this year. I know State fans hate Scott Lashley, but that's a transfer. You've got him from Alabama, your right tackle. Your best wide receiver came from the transfer portal. You've got players on defense that came from the portal, and next year's Mississippi State team is going to have players that start and play on it that came from the portal. Look at Ole Miss. Chance Campbell, where did he come from? Ole Miss was able to turn their defense around in an offseason because they got Otis Reese from Georgia, Chance Campbell from Maryland, Sam Williams didn't even sign with Ole Miss uh, initially, Jake Springer from Navy. The transfer portal is allowing middle-tier programs to get talent faster and turn their rosters around faster than they've ever had before. And now, speaking of Ole Miss, they already have Jalen Knox on roster, who's a Missouri transfer at wide receiver. Apparently... LSU just lost one to the portal. That's a former five-star. That was a freshman last year that they ran off. Apparently, he's going to sign with Ole Miss. So now you lose Sanders and Drummond, and the transfer portal is going to give you a ready-made SEC wide receiver in Jalen Knox, who's had success in a bad offense at Missouri, and then a former five-star that you couldn't sign out of high school that's going to be on your campus now. The transfer portal, yes, has some downsides. There are going to be players that do not have places to go at the end of this cycle. But what the transfer portal has done has allowed middle-tier programs like Michigan State, look at who their impact players are, a lot of them from the portal. Players that they would not have signed otherwise, but they can sign now because of the portal and the one-time penalty-free transfer. Makai Polk, Mississippi State's best offensive player, transfer portal. Chance Campbell, transfer portal. Jacob Springer, transfer portal. Ole Miss is going to have two impact-wide receivers next year that they got from the portal. It gives middle-tier programs more access than they've ever had. In the NIL landscape, will also, and you've seen it because look at Kentucky, will help these programs get players that would have just signed a stacked class at Alabama. Will Alabama always get the best players? Yes. Will Georgia always get the best players? Yes. Ohio State, Texas, whoever. We'll always have more money and resources to do it. But you are seeing with your own eyes, it's happening right now, balance. The portal has helped that, and, and television deals have helped that. And so now middle-tier programs are keeping coaches that wouldn't have otherwise stayed with huge contracts that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten. And now players, because of the portal, are more balanced and spread out than they've ever been. I think college football right now is in a great place. Is it perfect? No. No, it's not perfect, but I I'm loving what I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing balance. I'm seeing middle tier programs elevate. I'm seeing players, good players, going to schools that they wouldn't have otherwise gone to. This receiver that's going to transfer from LSU to Ole Miss. It's five star. Ole Miss doesn't sign very many five stars. You guys know that. LSU does. Without the portal, he wouldn't be apparently. Going to Ole Miss. Without the portal, it would have taken State longer to get the wide receiver room where it is. But thanks to the transfer portal, specifically Makai Polk, who was their best offensive player, uh, not named Will Rogers, but I, I think you could argue that Makai Polk was their most important piece last year. It doesn't matter. Point is, what I'm seeing materializing college football is a great thing. I think the sport's in a great spot. I think the ratings numbers that you've seen is an indicator of interest getting bigger and bigger. It's in a great spot unless you're somebody like Dabo Swinney. He's not the moral compass of college football. He's only saying this because what's going on right now doesn't directly benefit him. That's what's going on here. It's in a great spot. Is it perfect? No. Is it better than it has been in years past? Hell yeah, it is. I'm loving what I'm seeing in college football. And Tucker, I I agree with you completely. Would have been even more fun with an expanded playoff, too. And guess what? That's coming. That's coming. So we're going to have more meaningful games during the regular season. I keep going back to this. Ole Miss, Texas A&M would have been to stay on the right side of the playoff bubble. Imagine that game. And that day with college game day and all that stuff with playoff stakes on it. Yeah, sign me up. That's a great thing. Corey, you're exactly right. Dabo success for me, but not for these Sweeney. I, I, the, the hypocrisy of a $9 million football coach complaining about the, the money in college football right now. is Miss me with that. I mean, oh, poor you. Oh, my gosh. College football players are getting some money. How dare they? I mean, huh, I can't believe that. Now, what, what's funny is this is probably coming from, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I shouldn't assume. I'm just going to take him at his word. But there are a lot of people in college football that are really fired up about what Texas is doing, which their NIL deal is basically an inducement and they're not supposed to be inducements. If that is what he's frustrated with, with King, uh, Quinn Ewers in Texas and that deal, or if he's frustrated that he can't get the NIL deals that other programs like Alabama and Georgia are getting for their players, whatever the case may be, wherever this is coming from his program. Look at how many five stars they have signed and where they have come from. Now I'm not saying that the coach facilitates these deals because unless you're LSU, the coach doesn't facilitate these deals. This all happens with boosters and sketchy handlers and stuff like that. But how do you think you've gotten your five stars, Debo? When you, when you go into Florida and get the best player in the state of Florida, why do you think that happens? You think they love the slide in your facility and the putt-putt course out back? You, you think that's why they're signing with Clemson? Because of the putt-putt course? And your booming nightlife that closes down at 11.55? Clemson's the worst party town that I've ever been to, by the way. Like, it's not fun. Going out in Clemson's not fun. Sorry if you're a Clemson fan listening. It's not. I love I love the town. Like the the region is nice. The town is really nice and clean and it's really exploded since Dabo started winning there, especially. That's not a place you go have fun. Clemson's not fun. So why do you think Five Star from Florida is signing with you? Come on, man. I mean we're not stupid. Your fans apparently are. The rest of us aren't. Let's be honest here. He's acting like this because he he sees some balance. That That's where this is coming from, because he lost to NC State this year. He lost to Pittsburgh this year. That's why this is happening. No, John, no Chamber of Commerce for Clemson. I love the area. I mean, the town's great. Like, I, I would send a kid there. It's safe. It's pretty. It's a great school. Academically, it's a very good school. But if you're going to have fun, It's not a road trip you got to make. You know what I mean? It's not Athens. It's not Nashville. Hell, it's not even Auburn or Tuscaloosa. Sure isn't Oxford. It's it's just not, that's not a place you go party. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's absolutely, this is disingenuous. This isn't real. This isn't real. The state, college football is in a better place than it's been the last few years. If he was 12 and 0, he wouldn't be saying this kind of stuff. Anyway. Anyway. Thank you guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the, uh, the YouTube channel. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Don't listen to Dabo. He's wrong. College football's in a good spot. It's going to keep getting better, too, as they start figuring some of this stuff out and the playoff gets expanded and all that. But what you're seeing is real. What you're seeing is real. And Dabo complaining honestly confirms to me that college football is going in the right direction. So, anyway, y'all be good. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning at eight. Y'all be good. One.